tonight, but we're going to look to the Word of God, Psalm chapter 19, and if you'd look at with me, uh, verse number 7 down to verse number 11, and while you've got there, your finger in that, in that page, uh, go to 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verses 7 through 14, and just hold your finger there, and uh, we'll read Psalm 19 first, and then we'll come back to 2 Corinthians 5, and we'll spend uh, the remainder of the message in that portion of Scripture. Psalm chapter 19 and verse number 7, the Bible says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Read verse 10 with me, would you? More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Read verse 11 with me. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Isn't that great? The Bible says there's great reward in keeping the word of God. In other words, as a Christian, uh, you know, uh, Joshua, we understand he was instructed by God to meditate in the Word of God and to uh, obey all that was commanded therein. And the Bible says that God would make his way prosperous and he would have good success. So we understand as Christians that there's great reward in obeying Scripture. And that in this passage of Scripture, we ought to desire God more than we desire gold. He said, he, he said hey, listen, desire God more than you desire gold. And then 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, we'll read that passage and then we'll get into the message tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. One day, we're going to be absent from the body. If he does not return, uh, we'll be absent from our body, present with the Lord. And that whether we're absent or we're present, we're supposed to find our acceptance in the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches. Uh, verse number 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Brother Andy uh, gave uh, uh, just a, a few words on that tonight. That everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord... We persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but, uh, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Verse number 14, would you read that with me? For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Father, we love you. God, we thank you, God, for what we've already experienced together uh, as part of the family of God. We thank you for these young people. I pray that you'd help them to strive uh, lawfully, help them to do what's right. I pray that you'd help them, Lord, not to just take these uh, small trinkets that were given to them and, and to think that without, without you, anything could be accomplished. Uh, Lord, with you, uh, Lord, anything is possible. We can do all things through Christ. And God, whether we struggle academically or not, uh, we understand there is great wisdom and great understanding that comes to the 
uh, the person who uh, uh, has, a, has a knowledge in, uh, of Scripture and studies to show themselves approved unto God. I pray that each and every one of us would understand the great uh, desire we ought to have for the Word of God, the great uh, dedication we ought to have for the will of God. And I pray that you bless us tonight, God, as we close out the service with your Word. I pray that you'd speak to us by your Spirit, we pray, and with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thank you. may be seated. Roger Babson was an American historian, and uh, he was visiting the president of Argentina about 100 years ago uh, when the president of Argentina said to him, he said these words, you're a student of history, will you please tell me why it is that South America, with her unlimited resources and having been settled earlier than North America, has nevertheless made much slower progress in civilization and material prosperity. Mr. Babson threw uh, the question back upon the president by saying, uh, Mr. President, you evidently have studied the question yourself, and I would be interested to know your answer to it. The president of Argentina replied that he thought the explanation lay in the fact that South America was settled by Spaniards who came seeking gold, while North America was settled by the pilgrim fathers who came seeking God. Uh, There's a difference uh, and uh, the uh, heritage, there's a difference in the history. Uh, uh, we're, we didn't come to this country in search of gold. We came to this country in search of God. And I'm, I'm thankful, hello, I'm thankful tonight that we are, uh, we were founded as a Christian nation. We were one nation under God. And uh, I'm thankful for that history tonight. And uh, despite what revisionists would like to do to history, I know that we, are, uh, we were founded as a Christian nation and that righteousness will exalt our nation, but sin will be a uh, reproach to uh, any people. And I hope that we have uh, an understanding that we, we, we've been rewarded in America uh, with blessing because we came seeking God and not seeking gold. But I would submit to you tonight that uh, we have lost our blessing in America because we laid aside God for gold. Uh, We laid aside God for gold. We had God. We had God's blessing. We had God's uh, hand upon us. But we decided that that was not enough for us, that we wanted more than God. Uh, God was no longer just our exceeding and great reward, as he said to Abraham. Uh, We needed more than God. Uh, For uh, our founding fathers, God was enough. And freedom was enough. Uh, But for us today, I think we have been spoiled a little bit. Are you with me tonight? Uh, uh, We've been a little spoiled. And uh, we have have this desire for gold rather than for God. Uh, David said in the passage of Scripture we read in Psalm 19 that God was more to be desired. More to be desired. He was talking about the Word of God, by the way, when he said more to be desired are they than gold. They than much fine gold. Hey, not only is the word of God more desirable than gold, the Bible says it's more desirable than much fine gold. Uh, Sometimes you say, well, I'm okay with that. Uh, But he said, hey, listen, a lot of riches, a lot of gold. The Bible's more desirable uh, than that. Hey, really is it tonight? Is the Bible more desirable to us than gold? Is it more desirable to us than much fine gold? David said uh, that the word of God was sweeter also than honey, and the honeycomb. Hey, the word of God is sweet, and the word of God is precious, and the word of God is priceless. Are you with me tonight? Uh, this is a precious commodity. By the way, there's countries uh, in the world that we live in that would desire to have a couple pages of the book that we have in completion. 
They would, be, they would be desirous to have a couple pages of it. There's some that have been locked up for having a couple pages of this. And uh, we have the whole uh, book. And you know what we've done with it? We've kind of just laid it aside and said, well, it's not so important to us. Uh, we will give an account as a country, I believe, for what we have done with the blessing God has given us in the Word of God. Uh, God has given us uh, His wonderful book. He has, and by the way, you walk into a dollar store, you can see them in piles, in dollar stores, the, uh, the things that we, uh, we just kind of cheaply print and produce and with freedom in America to be able to do that. Uh, listen, we've got gospel tracts. You pass uh, by on the way out, you turn a gospel track over, it's got the Word of God on the back of it. We print those as much as we want to print them and pass them out as much as we want to pass them out. Hey, the Word of God is precious. Uh, the Word of God is, is a great reward that God has given to our country. Uh, listen, don't lay aside the Word of God in your family. Don't lay aside the Word of God in your home. Don't do more for gold than you do for God. Uh, don't, uh, don't, do, uh, don't lay aside the, the book uh, so that you can go do something uh, that you think is more important than this book. You know, a lot of, uh, a lot of even preachers in America today are laying aside this for gold. Uh, they'll say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we'll compromise on this as long as we get some money. Uh, we'll compromise on this as long as, as long as we can, you know, line our pockets just a little bit. Uh, we need some more men of God, more women of God that will stand up and say this is not to be compromised on. Uh, this is the Word of God, and we believe it, and we stand on it, and we won't, we won't uh, take any substitute for it. Uh, we believe God's Word. This ought to be the standard in your home. It ought to be the standard in your marriage. It ought to be the standard for your children. Uh, the Word of God is precious and, uh, you know, I know that we can get it easily, but that doesn't mean, you know, supply and demand is sometimes how we determine value. Uh, but I, I would submit to you tonight that this is valuable no matter how much in supply or demand it is. Uh, it's valuable nonetheless. It is a priceless book. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, it's an inspired book. Uh, it's a preserved book. It's a true book. Uh, it, it's a God-breathed, Holy Ghost-given uh, and sent and uh, uh, living, breathing, sharper than a two-edged sword, powerful word uh, that ought to be believed by every Christian. Uh, and uh, sometimes, I think sometimes, we, uh, we, uh, we just take it lightly. Come on, you with me? Uh, we have it, and we don't read it. We have it, and we don't read it. Oh, we open it and bring it to church. You know, we go to church and blow the dust off of it, you know, take it off the shelf. We haven't looked at it all week, but we carry it into church with great pride like we live and buy it. And the Word of God should be a daily part of your day. It should be a daily... We're talking about reward tonight. I, I believe the Word of God's a reward. And uh, we have that reward, but let's not take it for granted tonight. Let's live by it. Uh, let's uh, live by the Word of God. God is our reward. Desire God, not gold. Uh, God told Abraham that he was his exceeding and great reward. Uh, the Bible tells us that aside from God being our reward... That in keeping of the word of God, there's a reward. Uh, gold on earth is not our motivation, but rewards in heaven are. You say, what are you talking about? He said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and dust don't corrupt. So we're supposed to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. So are, are you with me tonight? Uh, uh, we are supposed to, supposed to put our rewards up there. You say, how do you do that? Well, I, I think somebody said it well when they said only what's done for Christ will last. In other words, uh, when they're tried in the fire, and I believe it'll be the judgment 
uh, the fiery eyes of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ uh, when he looks on our, on our works uh, in our life and whether they've been done uh, for ourselves or whether they've been done for Christ. And the Bible says they'll be tried like gold and silver and precious stone. Or they'll be tried like wood, hay, and stubble. And uh, that wood, hay, and stubble is going to be consumed in the fire. And those things that we've done for Christ, you with me tonight, are going to last. I don't know about you, but I like to have a reward in heaven. I like to have a reward in heaven. Because when we get to heaven, all the things we work for down here will not exist. <laughs> we won't have them. You can't take it with you, right? You, you can't take it with you. But isn't it funny how we're just trying to, we're trying to load up our garages and our attics and, uh, uh, and our storage places with things that our family members are just going to fight over when we die. I mean, I mean you're not going to keep it. It's not going to have value. I mean, what is the valuable things that we're supposed to be living for? Well, we're living for eternity. Uh, we're living for uh, Jesus Christ in the now. Uh, not saying, well, I'll get to heaven, I'll live for God. No, live for God now. Uh, it's the rewards that we're looking for at the judgment seat of Christ. Look at verse number 10 of 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Boy, well, that just does away with anybody that says, I'm not going to be there. If you're a Christian tonight, you'll be thankful you'll be at that judgment seat and not at the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment is a judgment that everyone that is a lost person is going to stand and they're going to give an account for their sins because they're not forgiven. They're not under the blood. But for every Christian, they're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ, uh, which is the Christians are going to stand and give an account for the things that they've done in their life for God. And there's going to be rewards. The Bible says crowns, trophies, rewards handed out at the judgment seat of Christ. We've handed out some trophies tonight. We've handed out some awards tonight. But when I get to heaven, I want my name called. But when, I, when I get to heaven, I want to have some rewards. I, I want to have something. Uh, by the way, you say, well, that's an awful selfish motivation. No, the motivation for reward is that we want to have something to give honor and glory to the Lord for. Uh, we want to say, uh, this is for God. We want to cast those. The Bible says we're going to cast our rewards at Jesus' feet. Do you believe that the Lord is worthy of our lives? Is he worthy of our lives? You say, what are you talking about? Well, he gave an ultimate sacrifice in his death so that we could give a sacrifice with our lives. You say, what are you talking about? He said that he died for us so that we could make our lives a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which the Bible says is just a reasonable service, a reasonable service. You know, it's just reasonable that we serve God. It's just reasonable that we live for God and uh, rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, it's interesting that when God motivated you and me to get saved, he used both positive and negative rewards. You say, what are you talking about? Well, uh, uh, he said, I'll give you eternal life, but if you reject me, you earn e eternal damnation. Uh, you can't get a stronger fear or a greater reward than those two things. And by the way, it'd be a silly thing to choose, uh, uh, choose uh, something other than Jesus Christ. What did he say? He said, you choose me, you get life, eternal life. You get a home in heaven forever and ever. And uh, you get uh, security in, in a salvation that I bought for you that you don't have to pay for. Uh, if you choose uh, to accept Christ as you're saying, and, and you reject Christ, what's the alternative? Eternal damnation in hell. Uh, some uh, ask, is working for rewards in heaven a good motivation? Well, I would submit to you that in the New Testament, 
Uh, there's dozen of, dozens of places that say yes. Uh, what are the most common motivations for a Christian mentioned in Scripture? Well, look at verse number 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. This is the purest reason for serving Jesus Christ. For the love of Christ constraineth us. For the love of Christ constraineth us. I would submit to you that the purest motive for serving God is love. It's love. Do you love God? We say it in church a lot. I love the Lord. I love Jesus. We love him because he first loved us. We love him. But Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. He told us the criterion for our love is how we're living. He said, listen, if you really love, you're going to live according to my word. Uh, You're going to live according to uh, my commandments. And the purest reason for serving is love. You say, well, if I'll serve for love, you really won't need another motivating factor. You really won't need one. But the Bible tells us in in Hebrews 12, verses 5 and 6, that there's another motivator, and that's fear. The fear of God motivates us to serve the Lord. I know about you, but I understand from Scripture, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, if I, uh, I would be very foolish tonight if I said, I acknowledge there's a creator God in heaven that made me, and I acknowledge that, 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 that God spoke all that there is into existence, that that God knows my heart, that that God knows my mind, and that that God doesn't care about what I do with my life. Uh, if you believe the former, you won't believe the latter. If you believe that Jesus made you, and he designed you, and he knows everything about you, uh, and that he died for you so that you can live for him, uh, you won't think that God doesn't care about what you do. God cares about what we do. God cares about how we live. Uh, That's why he commands us over and over again in Scripture to be holy as he's holy. That's why he commands us over and again in Scripture that we're to live according to the word of God. Now, can I share this with you? It's not easy to do, is it? No, it's not easy at all. And I'm not speak on it like it is easy. It's difficult. But we have something in us that enables us to do it that we couldn't do it without, and that is the Spirit of God. If you're saved tonight, you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, are you not? And inside you, you have the very Spirit of God. I don't know about you, but when I do something I shouldn't, he says, hey, you need to stop doing that. When, I, when, I, when I'm involved in something I shouldn't be involved in, he says, oh, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't think that. You shouldn't act like that. And you know what I'm supposed to do because I fear God? Listen and respond. Say, yes, Lord, you're right. I'm wrong. Boy, that's hard, isn't it? I'm wrong. Oh, I'm wrong. I can't say it, right? We can't say, I'm wrong. I did wrong. I, I sinned against you, Lord. I've done wrong. But by the way, isn't that where we have freedom as Christians? Where we come to God, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from what? From all unrighteousness. Can I remind you tonight that that verse in 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9, is written to Christians, not to the lost. It's written to Christians. We have great freedom in Christ to confess our sins. I'm so glad that you don't have to come to me and confess your sins. I'll tell you, you say, I'm glad too. Well, I'm probably more glad than you are because I really don't want to hear about them. And I don't want to be responsible for them. But I'm glad that as a Christian, you're a priest of God. The Bible says you hold the priesthood of the believer. Every believer is a priest of God. 
In other words, you come before God and you confess your sins and He is faithful. Uh, What could only the priests do in the Old Testament? The only ones that could approach God and offer the sin offering. But every Christian can come boldly before uh, the throne of grace to find grace to help in time of need. Why can we do that? Because of Jesus tonight. And there's a fear of the Lord. And then lastly, uh, there's a, a third motivating factor, and that is rewards. Crowns, gold, silver, precious stones, and treasures. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I just turned back real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 12. Everybody all right tonight? All right, 1 Corinthians. I know it's a little warm in here. I just relax, fan your neighbor, make sure they're still breathing. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 12. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, what? Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest. That means it shall be revealed. Your work. For the day, that's the day of the Lord, the judgment seat of Christ, uh, 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 shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Uh, So, what motivation for serving the Lord Jesus Christ is most often repeated in the New Testament? Well, the motivation God chose to repeat most often in the New Testament was the motivation of rewards. It is the most often mentioned motivation in Scripture. There's a reason for that. God knows how much we like rewards. Come on, everybody likes to get a trophy. Those trophies made of plastic. When we put some gold on them, we, 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 we spruce them up with a little marble on the bottom. I don't make them. The trophy place makes them. But, you know, uh, you get that thing, you're like, wow. Wow, you set that up. How many still have some trophies from when you were a kid? Anybody have some trophies? Anybody? How many, how many of you threw them away a long time ago? Or you don't have, how many of you just never got any, so you don't have any? To, uh, maybe that was you, you know? You got the sports uh, participation award, maybe. I, 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 listen, I was thankful in school for whatever I got. Uh, when I was in school, they always gave me the, um, the character trait of being observant. I got that like three years, and I thought, boy, something's wrong. They can't figure out what to give me, so they're just making stuff up. Uh, He's observant. That could be good. That could be bad. I think they were right because I think I am kind of observant. Um, I like to observe. I like to watch. Uh, But what I'm saying to you tonight is God understands our desire for reward, and God also gives us the biblical principle that if we obey He will reward us. He will reward us. Aren't you glad for that? Because there's nothing so great as a parent than rewarding your children for doing what's good. I know about you, but I'd much rather reward than chasten. I'd much rather reward than correct. I'd much rather give than take. Come on, when you chasten, you're taking. You're, 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 You're making a withdrawal from your child's bank account. They understand something. Ah, they're holding on to it. They don't want to let it go. And you need to make twice as many deposits in your children's life as you make withdrawals. When you chasten them, you're making withdrawal. When you, when, you, uh, when you praise them, you're making a deposit in their life. I know about you, but I like making deposits. I wish I made more in my bank account. But, you know, I'd prefer to make deposits in the life of people. Because the Bible says that that goes uh, for eternity. You know, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to make deposits into children's lives. 
I'm a graduate of this Christian school. And uh, I graduated from the Christian school and by the skin. No, I did all right. I did pretty good. I still have some high honor roll certificates. I, I have one from kindergarten and first grade. You think you held on to your room. I have mine. I have, and they're on pieces of paper. So they're not even trophies, but I have those. And, you know, I'm thankful for my Christian heritage. I'm thankful for the foundation. I'm thankful, by the way, I'm thankful for the first-rate, first-class education I've received as well. Uh, I'm not undereducated because I went to Christian school. I got a good education because I went to Christian school. Uh, I'm thankful for that. It's prepared me for my life. It's prepared me for what God has has put me into, into the ministry. Uh, But I'm thankful that because of my education, I didn't have to say, well, the only thing I could do is be a pastor because you don't have to be smart to do that. No, I I said I could pretty much do anything. But but I got to choose to do what God called me to do. And I'm thankful for that. uh, Because I think some young people that got some brains ought to give that to God. I I think that's that's an important thing. I'm thankful for all the applauses we gave tonight to every young person whether they received one award or just a few awards or they got a lot of awards. But I hope that every single young person understands that it's all from the Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Cometh down from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning, the Bible teaches us. Rewards are important. You know, I've heard people say, I don't serve the Lord for rewards. It sounds spiritual, doesn't it? But it's not biblical. Uh, That's kind of why I don't like that song, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Because I think it's worth it now. I I think one day, yes, we'll say, boy, I'm really glad that I did. Uh, But I am so glad that I'm doing it now. Because it is rewarding now. I know about you, but I sat down here with my family and looked at my kids and I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Uh, And I'm just thankful tonight for my kids. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for what God has allowed us to experience together uh, in our, uh, the ministry of our Christian school. And you know what? I'm thankful because as I watched each and every young person come up tonight, I said, boy, we have a bright future. We have a bright future. I- I'm glad. Come on. I like gray hair. I'm getting some of it. Uh, but uh, you can't see it. I'm trying to hide it. You know, I slick it back on the sides. I'm getting it on the side. But, uh, you know, I- I'm thankful for the young guys. I'm thankful for the little guys. I'm thankful we got a nursery tonight because that means future. It means future. And by the way, they're not the future church. They are the church today. They're, they're the church today. And I'm thankful for that tonight. I'm thankful for the rewards. I'm thankful that God is our exceeding and great reward. Consider what Jesus commanded in Matthew 6, verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where neither thieves do break uh, or, or, uh, through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Why serve for rewards? Well, love, gratitude, to say thank you for what the Lord has done for me. Uh, every young person, you ought to take that trophy or award you got, and you ought to take that to mom and dad tonight and say thank you. Because it's a representation of their labor. It's a representation of their work. Uh, nobody's self-made. Nobody. There are no self-made men. Uh, there's only people that have been invested to by, uh, in, by others. And I'm thankful that we get to invest in your kids. And you know what I want to say tonight as your pastor? Thank you for letting us have your children 
uh, for letting us have an influence and impact on them. And I want to say that I'm excited about what God's going to continue to do here. I think as we do things the right way, God blesses. And the more we do things right, the more God's going to bless. I think we'll look back on these years and say, boy, God was good. And uh, we're thankful for what God was doing and setting some things up. We've got a strong foundation, strong foundation. I'm thankful for that tonight. And I, I want to say we've got a future to look to should Jesus Christ tarry. But when he comes, when he comes, may he find us working. May he find us laboring. May he find us watching. May he find us waiting. Father, I pray tonight, God, that you help us. God, to understand, God, the great significance that there is tonight in living for you. I'm thankful that you're a father that seeks to reward your children. God, you're not just up there with a stick waiting to punish us when we do wrong. I'm glad that you love us enough to chasten us and correct us. But God, I am very thankful tonight, a God, that you are seeking to bless us. You said, prove me now herewith and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you that you would not be able to contain. I say tonight we are most blessed as, as the family of God. I hope tonight that where you sit and as you're given opportunity tonight, as, as are some of our young people saying, I think it was the kindergarten, first grade, they just said, we're so blessed. We're so blessed. Maybe you don't have a lot of money tonight. Maybe, maybe you don't have a lot of wealth tonight, but your treasure truly is in heaven. And you say, God, thank you because I'm so blessed as a Christian. Can we do that tonight? His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. The piano plays. Maybe you want to use an altar. Maybe you want to uh, stay where you're seated. You don't have to wait for the piano tonight. But maybe you want to come with your family and just say, God.